Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good day, everybody. Episode 127, Talking Friars Podcast, YouTube show. Thank you so much, everyone that is tuning in, watching live on YouTube. We're watching on replay on YouTube, listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting this. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching live, feel free to... Hit the subscribe button, the like button. I appreciate it. Uh, get in the comments. Give me your thoughts on, obviously, what we're going to be discussing a lot about today. And that is Seiya Suzuki heading to the Chicago Cubs and not the San Diego Padres. Uh, but first, this episode sponsored by Gaglione Bros. Cheesesteaks and subs. You can find them at Petco Park starting April 14th when the Padres open up against the Braves down the third baseline by the Valley Sports San Diego booth. You can find them in the upper deck as well. And you can find them, they have two locations in uh, Poway, or not Poway, excuse me, Sports Arena and Point Loma. So those are the two locations there, gaglionbros.com in the description of the YouTube of the podcast. That website is there. Uh, You can give them a call as well and enjoy some cheesesteaks and some garlic fries. So thank you for them for sponsoring this episode and we will get right into it now. Um, obviously, with the big news, the disappointing news for the Padres, and that is Seiya Suzuki heading to the Chicago Cubs, not the Padres. And this is another punch in the gut. I gave that reaction episode that I had, uh, or not reaction episode, reaction video that I put out there on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram uh, when I was in the middle of a workout this morning. And that news came across that it was initially a five-year, $70 million deal with Seiya going to the Cubs. 
Instead, it's five years and $85 million now, which makes me feel a little bit better about not getting him. Um, but it's the teasing part about this that really, it's like a real punch in the gut. You know, that's where it hurts a lot. Is it's, it's, It would be one thing if the Padres, there weren't reports of them being in on him or them being in on Nelson Cruz that they were in on. And if Kevin Acey wasn't out there saying that the Padres' plan A would be Cruz and Suzuki, and they're not getting either of those now, and it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be this same uh, sadness, I think, the level of it, punch in the gut level, if you know what I'm saying, if Nelson Cruz was not rumored to come down to either the Padres or the Dodgers to make a decision, and then he doesn't go to either of them. That's gut-wrenching, you know? It wouldn't be as bad to me. And there's another one, breaking news. Eddie Rosario, another outfielder off of the board, in agreement on a deal with the Atlanta Braves, going back to the Braves. So there's another outfielder that literally just went off the board. Uh, reporter just reported that. Uh, let me see who reported that. But that just came in, just came in off the board. Eddie Rosario... By Robert Murray, deal to the Braves. More breaking news. Another bad news. Fernando Tatis Jr. having wrist surgery this morning. So my live reaction to that is not surprised uh, that he's getting the surgery. I think he definitely should have gotten the surgery. And there's really no excuse not to get the surgery. Uh, because the surgery will obviously greater in the chances that, you know, he comes back better and stronger from it. Um, and so I think that this surgery news isn't surprising and it's something that should have happened. And, but with that said, with this surgery news happening, happening, that pretty much guarantees that he's going to be out that three-month window that the Padres, that reporters were talking about. So uh, I guess it's positive news that he is choosing to have the surgery. Uh, but at the same time, it's not great news because obviously he's still going to be out. And he's still and surgeries take time. They take time to recover from and stabilize that whatever you got surgery on again. Uh, so they're going to be looking at Hassan Kim and they're going to be looking at C.J. Abrams during spring training. I talked on episode 20, 126 last night about C.J. Abrams and Bob Melvin saying that Abrams, Abrams is probably going to get a lot of playing time uh, during spring training uh, in at shortstop. Hassan Kim will too. But there's also, even if they don't play in these spring training games, Kim and Abrams, if they're not playing as much as fans might want or however it unfolds, they, that doesn't mean that they're not getting at-bats on backfields as well. So that's something to look at. Uh, but, okay, so breaking news, Fernando is having the surgery today, according to A.J. Casaville. Uh, and Eddie Rosario is going to the Atlanta Braves. That's one less outfielder on the market. The Braves' Twitter account has officially announced it as well, so that is definitely in the books. Eddie Rosario going to the Braves. 
returning to the Braves. Eddie Rosario to the Braves. John Heyman says it's eight eighteen million dollar deal. Okay, so I don't. That's kind of like the Suzuki thing. I don't feel really totally bad about that because that seems like an overpay. Uh, I don't think that's that's definitely not a one year deal. You'd probably think that's two or three years, maybe two years probably. I don't think the Braves are giving him eighteen million dollars for one year. I mean, maybe if that's what his market was and that's how much money he was commanding, but to me that seems like a two-year deal. So if that's a one-year deal, look, I definitely would have been like I would not have gone after Rosario like this. And that brings me to obviously Suzuki at 7:27 a.m. Pacific time. Suzuki to the Cubs, five years, 85 million dollars was reported uh, by a lot of reporters. 17 million dollar average annual value initially was five years, 70 million. But five years, $85 million. The bright side with this, that $17 million AAV, look, that's an overpay. Uh, fan graphs, I was thinking as well that he, it was going to be a 12 to $15 million average annual value that he was going to command. And for the Cubs to go in and give him 17 a year, that's like, wow. Uh, that, se- that, that just seems like an overpay. Definitely for a guy who has never played in a big league game yet, hasn't had a big league at bat yet. Uh, and maybe it's just Hassan Kimaritis or whatever you want to call it uh, about you know how he got that $28 million deal from the Padres and last year it didn't really work out great offensively. So maybe that's just my thinking about why it would be an overpay. He's a better hitter than Hassan Kim is, more power at least in Japan. But Japan is different from Major League Baseball in terms of the level of caliber pitching. So I was comfortable, like I think a lot of people were, I was comfortable in giving Seiya Suzuki, $12, $15 million a year for like three or four years. But I didn't want to go really long term. Five years, five years maybe, maybe four years with an option or something like that. Uh, but to give him $85 million, that's a lot. That seems like a big overpay. I was thinking more in the $555 million, $560 million range if it is a five-year deal or if it was going to be a five-year deal. But obviously, he ends up cashing in. So I don't want to be – like, I, I don't feel like I want to be pissed off at Hassan Kim because – or not Hassan Kim, say Suzuki because Kim – or excuse me, Suzuki was the guy – he got the best offer. That was the most money. And so he went there. That's props to him. He, his agent, Wasserman, they uh, – that group, they ended up getting that price tag up. And maybe part of that was because of the Padres' interest in him. And it seemed like the Padres were the front runners in him, and that's part of the reason why this really sucks and it is gut-wrenching, kind of like I mentioned earlier, is because all of these teases. The Padres are like the most teased team in the last year, less than a year, you know? And being teased, having Seiya Suzuki at Petco Park, meeting with Padres Brass, hitting at Petco Park, having meetings with Darvish and his family before Darvish went to Arizona, posting on Instagram, his Instagram stories of him in San Diego and all that, you know, posting, looks like pictures probably from like his hotel room or something, you know, in uh, like Coronado or wherever it was. Jeff, that was just a big tease, you know, a person that he filmed on his Instagram story, which wasn't him, but it was probably a friend of his batting or something, and it had Slam Diego shorts on and his Padres shirt on. All of that was a big tease, and 
That's why it hurts. Like I mentioned earlier, it would be one thing if the Potters were never interested in him and he went somewhere else. And you just kind of like Eddie Rosario right here. Like I can't be so mad about Eddie Rosario going to the Braves because the Padres never really shown a lot of interest in him. So uh, you just move on and you move to the next available guy. But Seiya Suzuki, literally Kevin Acey came out and said that Seiya Suzuki was plan A for the Padres, him and Nelson Cruz. And not only do they not get Suzuki, and not only do they not get Cruz, but they don't get both of them. And they still haven't found a deal for Hosmer or Myers. And so now, what's their what plan are they on? Are they on plan B? I don't think they're on plan B because plan B probably involved signing one of those two guys, Cruz or Suzuki. So are they on plan C now? Are they on plan D? We don't know. And that's what makes it frustrating. All of the teasing that's been involved. Go back to last year, Max Scherzer. Ken Rosenthal says that the Potters are close to a deal for Max Scherzer. And then nothing happens, you know, the, ne the minutes, the hours after that. You wait like five hours, and then all of a sudden Passon comes out saying that the Dodgers have traded for Max Scherzer. That was a big tease. The clubhouse, you Darvish, was like tweeting about it, you know, with being excited if it was true and all that. And it wasn't. That had to deflate the clubhouse. And then later that day, Pata gets hurt. And that was just a big start to starting pitching being an issue last year and the downfall and the collapse. Then you go to this offseason, po uh, post-lockout, Nelson Cruz looks like, according to Mark Feinstein, he's finalizing, he's close to a deal. The Padres and the Dodgers are the two teams that are going to be in on him. And the Nationals' name was never brought up. And it was like, okay, well, if he goes to the Dodgers, you're going to hate him. If he goes to the Padres, you're going to love him. But it seems like the Potters have a great chance. You know, he's talking on some Levita, whatever show that is, about how it would be an honor to play with Tatis and Manny, and he loves Tatis and Manny. And I posted that video that they had at the All-Star game last year and how Manny was saying that, like, Nelson's, like, the best guy ever and all that. And Tatis went up and hugged him and all that. All of that was a big tease. You know, putting out there that Nelson Cruz is one of his two final choices are the Padres, and maybe they were the final three. Uh, and the Nats just went in there and got him. But again, that was a tease because obviously he didn't even go to either the Dodgers or the Padres. That report was totally wrong. Then Saya Suzuki, like I mentioned, going to Petco Park, spending multiple days in San Diego. AJ left Arizona, from my knowledge, and went to San Diego to meet with Saya Suzuki. And I'm sure Sidler was there and all that. And posting all that stuff and you, Darvish, I love you. But then that was a big tease as well putting future Padre question mark on your Twitter with Asa, or with uh, Seiya Suzuki there, that was a big tease. And he ends up going to the Cubs after Tom Ricketts has a serious meeting or whatever a couple nights ago with Suzuki. And so all of it's a big tease. And Ben Higgins on Ben and Woods earlier today was trying to be optimistic about it and saying that, hey, it's only March, Preller still has time, he's working. There's still a lot of guys available. You know, say Suzuki was probably an overpay. And I understand that. He probably was. But it's the scenarios. It's the teasing. It's, it's the believing, the fan base believing that the Padres are going to be in and they're going to land one of these guys, and then they don't. And it's happening repeatedly. It seems like it's happening every couple of days now. And so are they going to be on Chris, in on Chris Bryant? And then he goes to the Rockies? Are they going to be on in on Freddie Freeman, like reports are saying that I discussed last night? And 
he ends up going to the Dodgers or the Rays, which probably isn't going to happen, but going to the Red Sox or the Dodgers, you know, how much longer are these teases going to happen? When is Preller going to make a move? You know, we've heard nothing about Castellanos, so maybe something's there, but you'd feel like there will be another tease there from maybe his agent trying to drive up a price and saying the Potters are interested and then he goes somewhere else. That's just my gut instinct now because it's happening repeatedly. It's happening over and over and over again. So just it's a punch in the gut. No Scherzer, no Cruz, no Suzuki. And like I mentioned, it wouldn't be as bad if they weren't front runners for them, you know, according to reports, and then they don't land them. You know, the bright side here, like I mentioned, Suzuki was probably an overpay. Andrew McCutcheon went to the Brewers. That seemed a little bit of an overpay. Eddie Rosario gets $18 million from the Braves. That seems like an overpay. And the bright side is, look, Chris Bryant is still available. Michael Conforto is still available. Jorge Soler is still available. Who else? Jock Peterson is still available. Eddie Rosario is off the board. He was on my notes, but we can cross that off right now. He's with the Atlanta Braves. So, and then John Heyman is reporting that the Padres are, you know, in on, you know, they're in on Chris Bryant saying that it would be interesting to start the season with Chris Bryant at third base and Manny at shortstop. And look, I would be elated if that's happened. Guess what? If Chris Bryant ends up being a San Diego Padre, I'll probably just forget that this Suzuki thing happened because we ended up getting that outfielder and that guy who I'd rather have than Suzuki, we ended up getting him. So if that report's true and they end up do getting him, I'll be ec ecstatic. I'll still be mad that they didn't get Nelson Cruz, but to get Chris Bryant, I'd be ecstatic. I would definitely not be mad about missing out on Suzuki anymore. And it would be like, okay, we're really heading in the right direction. Preller was just waiting. He ended up getting one of the guys that they were probably targeting. Obviously, if they get Freddie Freeman, I'm gonna go nuts. But that's there's so many things that are gonna prevent that from happening, from adding $30 million a year so that would be the pay, what, 240 the luxury tax before you even add a Nick Martinez deal for $5 million a year, before you even add another uh, outfielder or a DH. So, and then, you know, Scyther has to keep paying the tax 30% or whatever, however much they go over. And then you have to figure out a Hosmer deal because Hosmer, I don't think that would be smart to have him as a DH. And then he's already pissed off at the front office and so now you bring Freddie Freeman in. Uh, I don't think he'd be too happy about that. I don't care about Hosmer's feelings at this point, so go ahead and bring him in. Look, it's not my money. Go ahead and spend it, uh, but I just don't see that happening. But getting back to the options that are available, I mean, Chris Bryant, he was my number one wish. For anyone that's been watching or listening, you know that Chris Bryant's been my number one wish before the lockout even started. That was my number one wish uh, over Suzuki, over Castellanos. I said I wanted Chris Bryant. Love his versatility. Love that he can play all three outfield positions. He likes center field also, actually. From USD, that just seems like a good fit. Uh, you know, people are trying to say, well, maybe he doesn't have as much prime left as some other guys, or he's not really a true power guy. His power numbers have been down. But, like, watch, watch what he meant to the Cubs. Watch what he meant when he came over to the Giants and played pretty well. And we can look up, here, I'll look up Chris Bryant's stats 
over the last two full seasons because I think that's only fair. The last two full seasons, Chris Bryant, he has hit, he hit 25 home runs in total last year and then 31 home runs in 2019. So 56 combined home runs in the last two full seasons. That would still help out the Padres very much. Very much so. Last year, he was a 3.3 win player. 25 home runs, 70, 73 RBIs, OPS of 835. I mean, he's, he's versatile. He would help out the team. That's the guy I would go out with. That's the guy I would go after. So, chat, let me know here. Who would you want the Padres to sign now that Seiya Suzuki's off the board? Is it Chris Bryant? Is it Nick Castellanos? Is it Michael Conforto? Is it a one-year type deal with uh, Jock Peterson? Who is that guy that you want the Padres to go after now that Eddie Rosario's off the board? Now that Nelson Cruz obviously is not coming to the Padres? Now that Seiya Suzuki is not coming to the Padres? Now that Andrew McCutcheon is not coming to the Padres? Who is that guy that you want to go after? What's up, Uncle Nick? Yep, he can play anywhere too. Chris Bryant, yeah. Versatile guy. And I heard on the radio this morning about how maybe you don't want Manny playing, shifting over to short, you know, the wear and tear of shortstop position and all that, and you want him to play third. But imagine the infield, right? If you shift Manny over to short while Tatis is out, you have an infield of Chris Bryant, former All-Star, Manny Machado, former All-Star, Jake Cronenworth, former All-Star, and maybe C.J. Abrams if he plays really well, who has All-Star potential, or Eric Hosmer, uh, whatever he gives you. But three out of those four positions, even with Tatis out, would be a pretty dang good infield. And it would probably go up against any infield in the league. I mean, the Blue Jays, I mean, they're pretty good too right now with Vlad Jr., Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, and now Matt Chapman, as Matt Chapman was dealt to the Blue Jays earlier today. I mean, that must suck to be an A's fan. I mean, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, those are the two. If there's two guys to build around, those are the two guys you build around. And while the A's got back a lot of great prospects, headlined by Christian Passe, look, that would suck. I mean, to see Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, I mean, two all-star players, two Gold Glove players just go out the door and then you see Bob Melvin obviously go earlier before the lockout. It, that just has to be gut-wrenching. I mean, they were making the playoffs. I know it was only the wild card series, but they were making the playoffs a lot. They were making the playoffs every year consistently. And that's what also makes me confident in Bob Melvin. I mean, he had so less resources than what he has in San Diego, talent-wise, money-wise, willing to spend-wise. John Fisher is worth over $2 billion. And he's saying, no, we'll trade away Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Like that, that's just embarrassing. That's what's holding the league back. That's why the players were so pissed off in the CBA negotiations because they knew that teams like the Reds, who just traded Sonny Gray and Eugenio Suarez and all-star Jesse Winker to other teams that aren't like at the top of the list in contenders, but they're, they're still contenders. They're still trying to win. Those owners are the guys... The Marlins owner, why do you think Jeter left? Because he's pissed that they're not spending money or enough money or the money that he was promised before the lockout. These teams are what's holding up baseball from being like the NFL, right? You see the NFL, AFC, so many talented guys trying to win. 
The NFC is still pretty stacked as well, but I know this is a Major League Baseball podcast, Padres, so we'll shift right back to the Padres. But just in that comparison, like there's so many teams trying to win there. In baseball, there's a lot of teams not trying to win. That's why they inserted the draft lottery. So there's options available here. Castellanos, Conforto, Soler, Jock, Padres. Looking at Chris Bryant, according to John Heyman, Freddie Freeman, they're interested in him in some way, somehow. Not quite a bidding war. Kevin Acey said that. That that wasn't really characterized correctly by Bob Nightingale uh, yesterday, but they are they still have some level of interest in Freddie Freeman. Um, so there's still options there, but it's just the way that they've been teased. Thinking you're going to get Scherzer last year, and then you don't. Thinking you're going to be a front runner for Cruz, and he's going to decide between you and someone else, and you don't. And he doesn't even decide between you or someone else. It's the Nationals. Thinking that you're the front runner for Suzuki. He literally went inside of your stadium and met with Padres Brass and took batting practice there and met with you, Darvish, and, and his family and had a picture posted on social media by Darvish saying, future Padre? Question mark. And then he doesn't go. It's just all the teasing. All of this teasing. It just sucks. Trying to believe and have optimism that, hey, we might sign some guy. You know, here's Preller. He's making the move. You know, all of this waiting, all of these days and days and days post-lockout that no move has been made, not even Nick Martinez as a finalization, all of that. Wait, all of those days? Maybe this pays off here. We're going to get this guy. Nope. Just got teased. Again and again and again and again. So I want to be optimistic that they'll go get a Chris Bryant or a Nick Castellanos or someone like that, or at least a stopgap before Abrams moves to the outfield or whatever they decide to do there before Robert Hassel gets here in 2023. Shoot, even, I mean, Tommy Pham's not my first option, but I'd rather have him in left field than Jerks and Profar. So again, chat, who is that guy that you want? Who is that guy that you think Preller should be going after here? Another not great day for the San Diego Padres. At least this morning, I work later tonight, so that's why I'm doing the live stream now. So maybe there's a move that's done, and hopefully there is. But right now, no moves have been made still by the Padres. Who's left on the free agent pitching market? Yeah, Kenley Jansen's out there. Uh, in terms of starters, I mean, Zach Grinke's out there, but... I don't think pitching should, should be their top priority. I think it, should, it needs to be offense. Their rotation is the best in baseball and paper going into this year, and Peter Seidler mentioned it yesterday in his press conference, saying that that's like last year was like once in a century what happened. So I'm more of that belief where these guys aren't going to all get hurt again. And even then, if they do, if some guys do get hurt, you still have Paddock, you still have Weathers, you still have more home. Gore looks good in his first appearance that we saw. And Mackenzie Gore, according to reports that just came out as I was coming on here, let's see where it is. Mackenzie Gore on, I think, Friday is going to pitch in the Padres' first spring training. Yep, there's Kevin Acey. Says Mackenzie Gore, this came out about a little after 9 a.m. Pacific time. Mackenzie Gore is starting Friday's Cactus League opener. Austin Nola will catch. Other regulars will start as well. 
18 games this spring, Bob Melman says every game will carry more weight in positions such as catcher, where there's more competition. There's no real starting outfielder or starting catcher right now. There's no real starting left fielder right now. People are battling for the fifth spot. I don't believe Mackenzie Gore. I mean, if he goes off and he like doesn't give up a run and all that, yeah, he'll probably he could be the fifth starter. And Paddock and Weathers and suck. They suck, and that's just the clear option. Uh, and Gore is just magical in spring training, but. I'd still like him to go down a little bit to start the year and still prove consistently, not just in a few starts here because it's only 18 games, not in a few big league starts uh, that you can prove it. I want it to be more longer term before you finally bring him up because the last thing you want with Gore is a up, down, up, down, up, down thing. When you want him up here, you want him up here. You want him to continue being up here. So back to your question, Uncle Nick, yeah. Relief market, I don't think that's the priority. I like where that is. Pitching, just in total, I don't think that's where they should be looking at. I think offense, obviously, needs to be the priority. I mentioned this on a couple epi- a couple nights ago, a couple episodes ago. Losing Cruz, that's 30 home runs a year. Losing Tatis for the first half of the year, that's probably 20 home runs. So that's 50 home runs that you've lost. How are you going to make that up? How are you going to make that up? That's a big question, and it's just wait and see right now. Uh, but... As for other moves, like I mentioned, Matt Chapman going to the Blue Jays. Rizzo went to the Yankees, reacted to that live last night as well on episode 126. Um, Chafin, Andrew Chafin went to the, the Tigers, two-year deal, $13 million. Keone Kella, former Padre, had Tommy John last year. That didn't work out. He's on a minor league deal, the Diamondbacks. So he joins Mark Melanson in Arizona. So those are pretty much the moves that have gone on so far. Um, and I want to talk about the Rizzo, the Yankees, Chapman, Toronto. That kind of sets up for Freeman and the Dodgers. I know the Red Sox seem interested. The Rays, and somehow, some capacity, some way they're interested. But it still seems like the Dodgers are the front runners there. And with Rizzo going to the Yankees, that takes the Freeman out of the Yankees. That takes Freeman out of the Blue Jays with Chapman at third now. Vlad can go over to first. So Freddie Freeman's out in Toronto now. That's not really a possibility. Tampa, I still don't believe that's a possibility of happening because they're a small market team. I don't see them spending like that. And that would be very hypocritical of them to say to plead poverty that they're this small market team that fans don't come out to the stadium. You know, they try to move to Montreal for half the season, and there's obviously just they they try to cry poverty, and their owner still is a billionaire, at least to my knowledge. So they still have money. But just the way that they go about things, signing a guy who's already over 30 to a long-term deal, I don't see that happening. And I think Freddie would rather play in L.A. than Tampa Bay, but that's just me. Um, But, yeah, so the Braves are out on him, obviously, with the Olsen deal. Chapman to Toronto, so Toronto's out. Yankees are out. So it seems like Red Sox and Dodgers, to me, I don't believe that the Padres are sincerely interested in giving him six years unless they have a Hosmer deal lined up. Because if they do bring them in, that's just that makes it really even harder. Like, what are they gonna do? If they bring in Freddie Freeman, what the heck are they gonna do in the outfield? Like, Freddie Freeman, I'd be all in on him. I'd be so ecstatic, I'd be running around. Oh yeah, I'd be so ecstatic if they brought in Freddie Freeman. But then, like, after Freeman, you gotta still look at the payroll. Like, what the heck are they gonna do then with the outfield? The outfield's going to be Myers, Grisham, and Profar then. Like, because 
how much are they? They're not going to give Castellanos a big deal with Freeman. They're not going to give Brian a big deal with Freeman. And so, while I like Freeman, I think you need a deal in place to have first base open because I know the Padres want, now with no Nelson Cruz, they want that DH spot to be rotational, it seems like. Unless it's a one-year deal for someone like Corey Soler or something. They want that to be rotational. So, I don't see Freddie Freeman being here at first and then Hosmer DHing and him pretty much being the DH. And Bob Melvin kind of alluded to it yesterday. It depends all on what moves are made with the DH spot by Preller. But right now, it seems like it's going to be rotational. That's kind of the direction that they're going in. And that's, that's what Bob has to do in spring training because he doesn't have a firm DH. You know, you're going to be rotating probably between Hosmer and Alfaro and Camposano if he makes the big league team and Nola maybe some days. Um, and Myers maybe some days, and Machado when he needs rest some days, and Tatis when he comes back probably more frequently because you just want to be safer. You don't want to try him in the outfield again unless they really need it because that would be worst-case scenario. Um, so the DH is fluent right now just like the closer spot, just like the fifth starter spot. It's going to be competition. It's going to be just like the left field, left field spot. It's competition. It's open. Who's going to win it? The winner is going to be the person that wants it the most and performs well, who's hot in spring training. Is C.J. Abrams on the roster? A lot of questions. A lot of questions to be answered on the roster in terms of competition. And a lot of answered questions to be answered on who are they going to add to the roster so there are no questions about the roster in terms of people on the team and what positions are going to be up for competition. The less positions up for competition is pretty much the better in terms of position players because if that's the case then that means that they brought in a Chris Bryan or a Castellanos or someone who is going to be the left fielder or right fielder whatever it is they brought in that guy and there's not going to be a competition or if there's a competition right now it's because they don't have that firm guy that consistent guy right now that's the problem so a lot of things happening uh, I did want to touch on before we go Manny Machado told the media today he was pulling hard for that Nelson Cruz reunion. Again, that even adds to more of the punch in, like, the nuts. I mean, Machado, obviously, he probably had conversations with Cruz about coming here. He probably had conversations with the front office if he was saying he was pulling hard for a Cruz reunion because uh, they were teammates in Baltimore. If he was pulling hard there, he was probably talking to the front office in Peter Seidler's ear, in A.J. Preller's ear. But the Padres ended up not going with that. So how does that – I don't think that affects Manny. I mean, and Manny's just going to do what he does. But that definitely – from what the quotes – I mean, I don't know the tone in Manny's voice because these are just quotes that I'm reading off Twitter. But um, it seems like Manny's disappointed. And does that hurt at all his relationship a little bit with the front office? Them wanting to trade Hosmer, I know they're best buddies and all that. Does that want to? Does that do anything? I think Manny wants to win. He wants to win a World Series, which he's never done yet. He's gotten there, got the taste with the Dodgers, but wasn't able to win against the Dodgers or with the Red Sox against them, the Red Sox in 2018. So he's felt the taste of it, but he's never gotten it. So he wants to win. So I think he'd be in favor of a Hosmer deal if that means that they get more flexibility, they can maybe increase their chances at Freddie Freeman and increase their chances at really winning and bringing in more power, which is needed, uh, that they didn't get out of Nelson Cruz. 
but he's disappointed. And so he's disappointed like we all are. I'm disappointed. I know some people say, well, with the contract that Cruz got, that was an overpay. Nelson Cruz, a 40-plus-year-old DH, that wasn't plan A. That really wasn't plan A. Really? Then why did Kevin Acey report it? The guy, you act like this guy can't run around and this guy is like injury prone. Like this guy isn't injury prone. This guy has 30 plus home runs in the past seven full seasons consecutively, 32 plus home runs. He's a guaranteed slugger in the lineup. And so to say he wasn't part of plan A, I don't, just, I don't agree to that sentiment. I think he was part of plan A, maybe not just him singularly, but in terms of a plan, a combination of players, like it was Suzuki and Cruz, in terms of bang for your buck, yeah, I do agree that that was the bang for the buck there. And they miss out on both of them. being Despite being rumored as like finalists, essentially, for those two guys. So just punching the gut, punching the nuts, whatever, however you want to say it. That's what it is right now. And another news here, breaking news, Shane Green back to the Dodgers. Reliever, former Tiger, minor league deal. <coughs> Excuse me, minor league deal. Um, and again, and again, before we wrap up here, Tatis is getting surgery today on the wrist. My reaction to that, instant reaction, live reaction to that, is that it's not surprising. He should he should get it to stabilize that injury, to stabilize it, to help with probably a higher guarantee. Uh, to coming back stronger and being healthy for the rest of the year. Because, again, I think this is a win-now team, it's despite what Peter said yesterday. I believe it's a win-now team. I believe Preller has to win right now. I believe there's immense pressure on him. He's, this is his seventh season, and he's made the playoff once, and it was in a shortened year. So in five years, full seasons, he's made the playoff zero times. He's had to rebuild multiple times. He's hired three different managers. Two of them were his buddies, and they worked out terribly. So it looks like he got it right with Bob Melvin and out-of-the-box thinking, credit to AJ here, but he's still on the hot seat. He has to make moves. And if you were to tell me that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, almost a week into this lockout or post-lockout and AJ would make zero moves, zilch, zero, big donut. He'd make zero moves. Not even Nick Martinez. I would have bet you probably a hundred bucks that he would have made a move. It felt like he was going to make a move the first within the first few hours of the lockout, the first few days. I mean, when Nick Martinez, that deal is right there. It's right there. Twenty million dollars, five years. It's agreed upon. Essentially, that's what reports said before the lockout. They just didn't get the paperwork on time. They just needed a physical. So why the heck haven't they gotten to an agreement yet? You can't find a physical for Nick Martinez? Where is Nick Martinez? Is he, is he on Mars? Like, is it just taking too long for them to transport him to Peoria or something? Like, what's going on there? They've made zero moves. And so I credit all those people that are, want to be optimistic. And if they land Brian or if they land Freeman somehow, if they trade Hosmer, I will lean more towards that optimistic viewpoint, obviously. And I think this team, the way it stands right now, there's still a playoff team. But the goal... 2022 was like that first real window of a World Series contention. You get Clevenger back, stack rotation, Tatis, Manny, Jake. You're looking to add, you're probably going to add power rating outfielders. Looking like a great team. Contest the Dodgers for the West with the with Scherzer not being there anymore and Seager not being there anymore. 
and Kershaw with injury questions. This seemed like, okay, this is going to be great. And they haven't made any moves, though. So they have not lived up to expectations right now. Again, that could change. But with Suzuki going to the Cubs when he looked like he, the Potters were a front runner, with Cruz going to the Nats when it looked like the Potters were one of the front runners, that was supposedly part of plan A, according to Kevin Acey, and they get teased on both of them. It's hard to be optimistic like, oh, we're going to go get someone. We're, it's all right. It's okay. Because if I would have had it, bang for your buck. Suzuki and Cruz was that package. Even though Bryant is the number one guy for me since before the lockout even was that I wanted, and I'll be ecstatic, like I mentioned earlier, if they do get Bryant, plan A, bang for your buck, money-wise, that was better for the Padres. You feel two needs, you know, probably $15 million a year. I know it was $17 million AAV with that Suzuki deal, but you were figuring $15 million a year, somewhere around that for both players, $30 million a year there. Talk about bang for your buck, there you go. And now they don't have either of those. So where were they go? Again, if you're watching this on replay, feel free on YouTube comments. Where would they go? Where do you want them to go? Where do you want AJ to go? Because he has to make some moves. He has to make some moves. First spring training game on Friday, Gore is starting there. Tatis getting the wrist surgery today, which news broke, I think, right before I came on. Again, where were Freeman end up? Dodgers seem like the front runner with Rizzo to the Yankees, Chapman to the Toronto Blue Jays. Who knows? A lot of questions to be answered. This has been episode 127, Talking Friars Podcast. Gaglione Bros is the sponsor. Hit them up. Thank you for listening and watching. And I'll be back uh, sometime, hopefully, when we're talking about a San Diego Padres edition. So, again, episode 127. See you later. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on your post notifications so you don't miss a video. Post notifications at Talking Friars, Twitter, and Instagram. For all the Padres updates you need, Ben Fadden signing out here. Have a good day. Stay safe. Go Padres. See ya.